As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. Hey, Jets fans, welcome to another edition of the Can't Wait podcast. It's the three letters that NFL fans love the most, O-T-A. Nothing uh, spices up spring in the NFL like organized team activities. That's what we're talking about. Tim McMaster here, along with Connor Hughes and Marissa Dunn. One day of OTAs in the books. We were going to bring this podcast to you last night. Connor realized that he had to actually pick his wife up somewhere with his car. <laughs> yeah. Like five minutes before. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, the funny thing is, is the what's funny is like I had this day all planned out really, really well, Tim, because like it was like I got home from OTAs. I texted you guys. I was like, hey, let's do the show. Eight o'clock works great. Let's do this. I get home. I was like, all right, I can go to the gym from like seven to seven forty five, seven fifty. I'll just go to the one in our apartment complex, then come up here, change my shirt real quick, pop on, do the podcast at eight and we'll be good to go. So Bree calls me at like. 15 minutes into that gym session and, and I like ignored it because I was I told her I was like I'm going to the gym I was like I'm I'm at the gym she immediately calls back again so I ignored it again I was like did you not see my text message I'm at the gym then she calls a third time and I'm like crap what the heck did I do? like something something's wrong like she's calling three times in a row like she's getting an accident like what the hell is going on so I'm like hey what's up she goes what do you mean you're at the gym and doing the podcast I was like exactly what I mean she goes I'm driving to the like she had to drop her car off last night so she's like, I had to drop, I have to drop my car off. She goes, you're supposed to meet me there in like 30 minutes. I was like, all right, I can't go 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back and still make the eight o'clock tea time or the uh, tea time, tea time. The eight o'clock. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The tea time for our podcast. So I was like, okay, that's going to be an issue. So that's when I texted you guys. I could just, it's a it's good thing. She called me though, because if she didn't, I would hundred percent have been in the middle of the podcast getting calls from her saying like, uh, where are you? I told you to be here at this time. So that would have been a problem, but that actually that would have been comical. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been, been classic, Connor. That would have been the show in a nutshell. But oh we're yeah, glad you were able yeah, to I probably would have just done it well, done it remotely. We've done that. <laughs> yeah, but the other thing it's been, you know, in the the life of Connor is like I I got into all these trading cards again. So I'm back into the uh the football Connor's trading 12, card world. Twelve years old again. Connor's yeah, dude, I went back and found some good stuff. I went back like I so like uh Bree's sister's boyfriend. His name's Tyler. Uh, shout out on on his Instagram account. It's like SJ Breakers. You guys should go follow that because he's got some really cool stuff that I didn't even know they were putting on trading cards. So he was like talking to me about the business and like 
I followed it loosely because uh, Alex, who used to cover the Jets for the team website, like I know she does trading cards, so I still see like her post stuff. I'm like, man, I guess that's like a big, a big business yeah. now or something like that. So he was telling me some of the stuff, and he just sold like some Kyler Murray card for like 500 bucks. So I was like, holy crap! Like I'm gonna go back to like my mom's house to like go like look to see what she has. So I turned up some good stuff. Like I found like Drew Brees rookie cards, a Tony Romo rookie card. I also found like all the old cards that I thought would be like really good that were all like duds, like the Joey Harrington rookie game worn Jersey. Like it's kind of cool, but like I found those, I found my old Pokemon cards. Like it's, it's honestly been a pretty eventful week leading OTAs for me just cause like now, but now the problem is, and Bree wants to kill me for this is like, I'm a hundred percent addicted again. Like I bought a pack, like I bought this thing here, which I opened like this uh, playbook Panini pack thing, which I pulled a, uh, a Zach Wilson rookie card, obviously, because that's going to be the first rookie card that I ever pull getting back into this thing. So now, now I'm uh, financially invested in Zach Wilson's success because whether he's good or bad determines on if this card over here is worth two cents or two or two cents or two hundred bucks. So let's uh, let's go Zachy, let's go beefy Zachy to get my uh, my finances up. But yeah, this has been a whole big thing, man. I've, I I called like, I found a couple local card shops around the area in like Princeton and Hillsboro. So I'm gonna drive up and go get them. I'm like I'm really pumped. I'm really I'm really in on all this stuff. So like all these uh, all these YouTube people who get all pissed off at me about talking golf. Like every time we start the show and all my no, boringness, let them know it's not golf. It's going to be trading cards now. Like oh, I am, geez. I am full. I think I prefer golf. All yeah. <laughs> no, I was a, uh, I was a huge baseball card collector. Um, and I had a lot of one. like full sets and all that. And then I think like it, what it wasn't that long ago. It might've been when we moved to New York actually. So like 12 years ago, I gave the whole set to my nephew. Um, oh, and oh. who knows? Who Great knows uncle. what happened? Kids from that point. So, here's, here's so hopefully he's he's in the he's in the Lynch. army now. He's in like South Korea serving. So I'm pretty sure they didn't make that. Oh my! All right, we're having two different conversations. <laughs> I'm listening to you, Tim. Crazy. All right, let's talk Jets. What do you think? I'm gonna retire. Oh, yeah, we might as well. Yeah, we got I some comments in the things, in the chat that says "Save us, transition, Tim." <laughs> well, tie it in though, because you said it. You just got a Zach Wilson rookie card, so let's start there with the OTAs with Zach, who uh, is is according to multiple sources, including you, Connor, who is there, uh, beefy oh, and thick, thick. I guess, yeah, thick. Um, so he thick put with two on. C's. 13 pounds in the off season and it's good pounds by all accounts right yeah. it's not uh he didn't just hit the buffet too much he, <laughs> got, he actually got a chef paid for a professional chef eating all the good the good stuff um to go with the workouts and actually put on 13 pounds of muscle um so let's start there is this there is such thing as too big but it sounds like he's at a point where he still feels just as athletic yeah, it's funny because like uh, Bree and I were talking this morning and and this morning and last night about it because she's like, obviously, look, when the coach comes out and calls the quarterback beefy and thick in New York, I mean, that's going to spread like wildfire. I mean, that's just that's just juicy quotes and fodder. I mean, we're going to run with that. So obviously it's spread like crazy and Bree pays attention to the Jets to know like, you know, what what my life is like normally. So, I mean, she, she we, were, we were talking about it. It was either last night or this morning. And she said, she goes like, you know, is it, is he really that big? Like, is that like, did he really, does he really look bigger? Or are you guys just saying that because like coach said it? And I was like, no, like, honestly, you can visibly see a difference in him now from like waist up. Not really. Cause he has like the shells on and the Jersey and you can't really tell, but like he was in shorts yesterday and watching him go through individual drills, watching him in warmups, his legs are undeniably bigger. I mean, it looks like, he spent a lot of time 
in the weight room with those specific, like, like squatting and stuff, which I found very fascinating because I've got to, I want to, I didn't want to ask him about this in the press conference because I wanted to save it for like a, a one-on-one conversation because I didn't want, you know, sometimes if you have something good, you don't want to just throw it out there for every single other person that's sitting there and every person here on Twitter with all that stuff. But, um, I remember talking to Dan Orlovsky for either on this podcast or for an interview or just for a story that I wrote on Zach last year. And the one thing that Dan said was that he would be fascinated to see. And he believes that Zach should spend a lot more time on his lower body with his legs and squatting because I think he thought it would improve his accuracy. It would improve his torque. It would improve a lot of stuff. And I was like, I would think like, I wouldn't think squatting and stuff like that would be, he goes, no, he goes, that's a big thing. He goes like for a lot of those guys coming out of college, they don't spend that much time on squatting. They ramp it up. They amp it up for the off season. And you'll see a legitimate noticeable difference in their play. If they can spend more time doing a bunch of different kinds of squats and looking at his legs, um, you can kind of tell that, that he has clearly spent time doing that in some way, shape or form because they're bigger, they're more muscular. I mean, it's, it's clear that that was there. And then you also see in his face, his face is absolutely more filled out than it was. So uh, he said that right now, like you said, he, he's 221, um, wants to play the season at 218. It's generally pretty common for skill position players to to report to camp, you know, two or three pounds over what they want their playing weight to be just because once training camp starts, that weight's going to shed off. You know, you're running around two, th- two, two and a half hours a day plus lifting in August mm-hmm. heat. You're going to lose some weight. I mean, it's going to it's going to fall off. So. Uh, they want to be a little bit heavier to then lose the weight and get down to their playing weight as opposed to being at your playing weight and then going down to below your playing weight. So um, he definitely looks bigger. Uh, he definitely looks bigger in the legs. He looks bigger in his face where he's filled out. We'll see if it if it plays a role. I mean, we can we're, we're going to talk about this. I mean, it was a very, very light. I mean, it was like a, a vacation OTA uh, that we saw yesterday on Tuesday. Um but I would say that, you know, Zach looked a little more decisive. He looked a, a, a little more comfortable, which should be understandable because he's he has a better understanding of the offense. So, you know, he was more precise in what he wanted to do and, and seemed like he was making it through his reads quicker. But in terms of overall observations, if you want a big one off the quarterback, I think the one that you could really glean from it was that he is bigger. I mean, there there is no denying that he has put on weight, beefy, thick, uh, whatever you want to call it. You want to use two C's, three C's or a K. It really doesn't matter. I mean, the guy is definitely C's. bigger. Yeah, you can see it. You can see it in the legs. You can see it in his face. And and we'll see if that uh, plays a role come come week one. For the record, if I suddenly came into a, a bunch of money and was was rich, the one of the first things I would do is get a personal chef. I just think, oh, like, hands yeah. down, me too. I mean, me too. That would be like just, my dream gift. Like, yeah, I, easily. That's the dream. So it's just that? like yeah. to sit down every night and be like, what's for dinner? Yep. And it's just there, and it's all like the bright, like stuff the Kardashian the right episodes. Times. Yeah. Uh, oh, I you watch that, Marissa? Heard, no, but I actually heard about no. it. Was it cut it's my guilty cucumber? pleasure? I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not gonna lie. So Brie, Brie watches. Um, her guilty pleasure has always been the Kardashian. So I never watched. I'm, I'm more of a like Real Housewives like, kind of girl, but yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I've never watched uh, the first Kardashian thing, but I watched the uh, the new one that they just put on Hulu because Brie and I finally cut the cord. So we're doing the whole streaming thing. So we have Hulu live TV, which comes with the Kardashian thing. So she was watching it. I kind of sat down and it has, it has become my guilty pleasure. Like it has, it has encompassed and taken over my life of watching this, like of watching the Kardashians. And I saw that episode where like, uh, the one who's not the one that, ha- I think it's Kylie, the younger right? of the or, two or that Kendall. doesn't have all the babies. Kendall. What's the one with all the babies? Kendall, Kylie. not her. It's the other no, one. It, it's the one that the one that's dating Devin Booker. 
right? Kendall. I think she's dating De- or yeah. and was dating Ben Simmons, the one who was dating Ben Simmons and and Booker. She uh, she comes into like the kitchen and is like, I'm just gonna have a snack. And the mom is just like, Oh, you want me to get the chef? Chef, come make her a snack. And I'm sitting there, I'm like. So there's a guy just waiting on her beck and call for whenever she wants anything. She just walks into that kitchen and says, like, make me blank. Or in this situation, to just come and cut a cucumber. Now, it was absolutely painful watching her try to cut a cucumber. I mean, there was so much privilege in that, like, situation that it made my head want to explode. But just the idea of having a chef that you can just be like, hey, come cook. It is the best. And and Zach said, like, he doesn't have a chef where, like, he or she is making him, like, all these exotic things. Like, he just wants basic planned out it has all the math like basically do the math for him like make sure the macros are all right and make it quick and easy to grab and take out of the fridge and eat so uh it was kind of cool i mean that that would definitely be the uh the first thing i would buy as well i would like that although i will admit brianne is an incredible chef so i don't want to uh diss or anything like that but i know that sometimes her cooking for me every day doesn't doesn't make her happy so i think i would i want a chef for me and for her there you go looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so Zach Wilson beefed up on the other side of things. Quinn and Williams was the other guy who talked about just body and everything. And he's slimmed down, I guess, uh, body fat wise to be a little more nimble, right? Yeah. I mean, look, I, it's actually funny. Like he, he said, I want to get bigger, faster, stronger was, was his, was his line. And I saw somebody tweeted out, uh, one of the jet fans that I've been following since I, I started covering this team in like 2014. I don't know if it was, if it was Don drew or, uh, or somebody else. I know somebody tweeted it out cause I saw it come up on my timeline and it was one of my tweets that was screenshotted and I was like, Oh no, what is this? And instead it was just uh screen grabs from Quinn and Williams talking this month, every single year for the last three years. And he had two bigger, faster, strongers. One was be a better person. Like it was like everything that he said to yesterday that was like, oh, this is like tweet worthy and sent out. He literally said it last year and he said it the <laughs> year before. And, you know, the the real takeaway that I had from Quinnen was was him, you know, saying, oh, you know, money's not really on my mind. The contract will take care of itself. I'm not really thinking about that for why he wasn't one of the many players drafted in 2019 that was slamming their hands down, screaming and yelling about pay me, pay me, pay me. Quinnen just kind of went around his business. I mean, we didn't hear a boo from him. All off season, not off of what Joe Douglas said, not off of what his agent Nicole Lynn said, not off of what Quinn and himself said. I mean, there was just no, no uh, verbal altercations, no anger, no anything, no, no contract, no vocal public contract demands from Quinn, other than it's going to take care of itself. Now, what I will say about Quinn Williams is that this is a massive, massive season for him because not only is it year four of his NFL career. Not only is it year three of, of or year two, I'm sorry, of his tenure with with Robert Sala. Not only have the Jets now surrounded him with talent where 
he no longer has to do it all himself. And it's kind of hard to imagine Quinn and Williams seeing double team when you got Carl Lawson and Jermaine Johnson and shot all these guys across the defensive line that are going to be coming at all different angles. I mean, it's tough to say we want to double this guy when there's so many different players that you need to worry about and this rotation coming through. But I would say to this point in Quinn and Williams career, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to classify him as anything other than a good football player. You know, I mean, and, and, and that's not a bad thing. He's a good player. He can play the run. Well, he can rush the passer. Well, he can disrupt the quarterback. Well, he can get some sacks, but when the Jets drafted him third overall in 2019, when Mike McCagnin selected him third overall in 2019 over Josh Allen, uh, the pass rusher, not the quarterback, although, you know, McCagnin also did pick somebody over Josh, both Josh Allen. So you know, that, that technically is, is, a, is, a, is a factual statement either way. But when he took Quinton Williams, the defensive tackle over Josh Allen, the outside linebacker pass rusher in 2019, he did so believing that Quinton Williams was one, the best player on his board, but two, also the type of interior force that would develop into a Chris Jones-like player or an Aaron Donald-like player or a J.J. Watt-like player. Like, they looked at Quinton Williams in Alabama and saw that kind of forceful nature. And I remember seeing Quinton come out. I'm like, well, he's not the biggest dude. And I was like, you know, it's, it's yeah, I'm sure he's talented. But, like, my whole argument, and there, there are, you know, two, three columns that I wrote during that year, was that Quinton Williams might technically be the better player than Josh Allen, but in my opinion, Josh Allen would have been better for the Jets defense because at that time, the Jets had Leonard Williams. They had Steve McClendon. Um, they had Henry Anderson as their three down lineman in a 34 defensive scheme. You put Josh Allen in there. and Yeah, maybe Josh Allen's not the same player as Quinton Williams, but Josh Allen was a pass rushing outside threat, which the Jets didn't have. So he completed their defense with giving them something they didn't already have compared to Quinton Williams was giving them more of a good thing because they already had Henry Anderson. They already had Leonard Williams. They already had Steve McClendon. And now you had Quinton Williams as well. If Quinton Williams developed into this force where he was just a dominant, dominant player inside getting 10 sacks a year, so many quarterback hits and just being you know, the pro bowl, all pro type player. Well, you know what? You could have written it off as I was wrong. You can go with it. But right now we've just seen a player that has at times played great games at times flashed great potential. But when you look at the totality of his NFL career from year one to year two to year three, it's hard to classify him as anything other than just good. And that's not bad. But when you draft a guy third overall, and when you have a guy who when contract talks come, he's going to be expecting 18, 19, 20 plus million dollars a year. You don't want good. You don't want flashes of excellence. You want a great football player. You want a game changing football player. You want a player that is going to disrupt and change games, that the Jets will win games because you look at and say, wow, they won that game because look at what Quinn and Williams did. That kind of guy, you know, third and eight, Quinn and Williams is on the field and you're saying, holy cow, this guy is going to be the reason why this team punts doesn't pick up the first down. Like you want to see that. We haven't seen it consistently year one, year two, year three. When we had Robert Sala on the podcast last episode, he mentioned Quinn and Williams as a potential game changer playmaker that the Jets are expecting big things from this year. You can expect it, big things. You can hope for good things. Now it's on Quinn and Williams to develop those good things because the same things he said yesterday that sounded so good, credit to, I believe it was Don Drew who pointed it out. They were the same things that he said in 2021. They were the same things that he said in 2020. They were the same things that he said in 2019. Eventually, it's on the player to deliver. Doesn't matter injuries. Doesn't matter years. Doesn't matter new scheme. Go out there and perform like the player you expect this player to be. And right now, Quinn Williams hasn't really done that other than being a good football player, a quality football player. He's not a bust. 
but the Jets want a dominant pro bowler, and we got to see that from Quinton Williams this year. And that's probably why he hasn't griped about contract or any of that, because like it's in his best interest to have that breakout season first and then complain about your contract. So I'm sure if, if this year's big, obviously the Jets will be right there to pick up the, the year and all that. But uh, but but it makes a lot of sense. All right, you kind of referenced it. This was the start of OTAs, but there wasn't a lot of heavy work done. Um, the Jets yeah. taking a light approach, I guess. The, the idea is to crank it up very, very slowly in the hopes of staying healthy. I mean, there's a lot of different philosophies on what keeps guys from getting injured. But Connor, just talk a little bit about just how light this OTA was on Tuesday. So my first event that I ever covered, my first NFL event that I ever covered was the, the NFL draft in 2014 uh, for the Giants, the one where Odell Beckham was drafted. I was in college. I was covering high school sports for the Star Ledger, and I really wanted to get pro clips because, in my mind, it was going to be hard. You know, when it basically when an NFL beat writer job opened, I wanted to be in a position where I could say, like, not I believe I can cover the pros. I wanted clips that I could hand to an editor and say, like, look, yeah, this was Big Blue Interactive. Yeah, this was SB Nation. Yeah, this was a fan site. But look how I covered the team. I covered it like a reporter for these outlets now imagine what i can do if you give me a real credential and i'm working for like a real outlet like i wanted to be able to get instead of saying trust me i can do this i wanted to give them tangible proof that i could do it so you know i was in college just volunteering not making any money but just getting pro clips for that so after the draft i went and i covered rookie mini camp for the giants and then i did ota so i've covered an ota every single year 2014 15 16 17 18 19 no 20 because of covid 21 and now 22. All of them always look exactly the same. It's it's basically training camp without pads that that includes a lot of two-hand touch and like the linemen kind of engage with each other. Then they let go and they move on. This is the first OTA I've ever seen that was as light as ever. Like Costello and I were joking about it in the media room and I wrote this in, in the report yesterday. Senior year gym class in June <laughs> is more intense than this OTA. Hey, that the it's Jets field put day together. season. Don't talk about senior year. Gym yeah, class, but when you're senior, okay? no, senior, senior like... year, you don't do shit. No, you're in June. <laughs> no, yes, there's field days. I give you field days. And I also, yes. I exclude freshman, sophomore, junior gym classes because I know when I was at Seneca, freshman, we would play like the pickleball, I think it was mm -hmm. called, where it was like foot, it was like a combination of like football and soccer. Like you threw it down well, and then you had to bounce pickleball. it into the That's definitely not pickleball, yeah. but we know. Okay. You. Well, it was speedball, maybe I think is what we called it. I don't know. You had a you had like a dodgeball and then you would like be able to throw it down the down the court, like a basketball court, like football. And then you had three goalies and you had to bounce it on the floor and then hit the mat in the back and that would be a goal. So it was like a combination of like football, baseball, soccer. It was really freaking fun. And the freshmen would scrimmage or play against the sophomores and the sophomores would go against the juniors. And sometimes in our situation, we got really cocky and had the freshmen go against the juniors, got our asses kicked. But we were like, let's go out. Like, let's like those, those days were intense. Like you were like, gym class was like, it. Yeah, like, let's go, like, let's play basketball. Let's play football. Like it was intense and fun. Not so much senior year. Senior year is when you have like the girls who are no longer doing anything because they've canceled out. Hey, the guys who are no longer doing anything it. because they can't. I'm whooping okay. everyone guys in too. on this. Like, yeah, guy, it just started with girls. You know, I was the a gym class hero. Okay, so <laughs> I can so see that. 
That does yes. not surprise me in the slightest. Hey, but my mom year, is an elementary school gym teacher, okay? Yeah. She's yeah. about to you retire got, after 38 to years. Cultured right now. I was born and that. bred to be like a gym class hero. <laughs> my my po- my Pokemon cards better pay off because Marissa was just trying to get me cancel cultured by mentioning <laughs> girls not trying first and before I got to the boys not trying. I know that's good. Somebody's going to cut that. Girls not yeah. trying in gym class. Cut out before I say boys. And boy, boom, Connor gets cancel cultured. But no, I, I, I think it's like the the boys and girls not trying senior year and men and women. So I can really cancel out anyone that wants to come from my throat. Uh, all of these people not trying senior year. Cause you're all like, look, it's, it's junior. You're already think you've already picked your college. You're already done. Like there's just no intensity. We've already spent too much time on this. That's basically what it was like at OTAs for the jets. I mean, it was like a very, it was the, the typical walk uh, stretch that they begin. Then it went to individuals. Then it went to seven on sevens that started with five reps for the first team, three reps for the second team, two reps for the third team, ran a play seven on sevens, did some field goal drills, came back together for more seven on sevens, no 11 on 11 drills. Robert Sala told us it was going to be like this the last time we spoke to him, which was uh, rookie minicamp, I believe. So he he prefaced with like, hey, we're going to dial it back because in his opinion, there's only so many miles that you can put on the tires of players before the car starts to break down. So if you burn him into the ground or you really go hard in OTAs, mini camp and, and the beginning portion of training camp by week 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, all that stuff and into the playoffs, they're going to be more tired and then we're going to be dialed back. So they took like, okay, let's go real easy in OTAs this week. I think it's probably going to be the same, maybe just slightly ramped up next week and the week after going into mini camp, but take it really easy. And then that'll lead to our guys being fresher to start and our guys being better off when, when the regular season begins. I'll say right. a statement that is a statement that is very dangerous to say more so than mentioning the girls not working to begin gym class before mentioning boys. I've covered a lot of OTAs. I have never seen it done this way. Maybe the jets are right. And the rest of the league is wrong or the rest of the league is right. And the jets are going to be wrong because my concern with this approach right now. And I talked to Sal a little bit about this in the press conference is that, and he, you know, talked around it with like, Oh, every, no game in the NFL is easy. No games a gimme. There's only one bye week. Every else have, you know, it's every given Sunday, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. The beginning stretch of the Jets schedule is absolutely brutal. I mean, it really is like you look at not only the first four games against the, the AFC North, but the Jets could very easily be Oh, and four, one and three. But you look at the first eight, nine games, and it's very easy to see them going into their bye with one or two wins. That's it. Like, and I don't mean that as a criticism of the Jets. I don't, it's not because I don't think the Jets are better. I still have them finishing with eight wins because I think they'll have a really strong second half of the season. But that first half of the season is going to be really, really hard. That first half of the season will be very, very hard for a team that is filled with veterans who have who are in their second, third, and fourth years with or third, fourth, and fifth years with the organization. The Jets have so many new pieces on offense and they have so many pieces, new pieces on defense, and they are so young as a cumulative roster that when you loop in the fact that the new CBA has eliminated a chunk of the offseason program and also eliminated a chunk of what you can do in training camp, it's going to be hard for even the most established veteran teams to be firing on all cylinders week one. You then loop in the number of new players the Jets have on both sides of the ball and the youth that's on this roster in totality. 
And it's going to be double as hard for the Jets to build that chemistry to be ready to fire on all cylinders week one. You then load in the fact that their first half of their schedule, the first the first few months of the season are so brutal for this team that it's almost like you need to find a way to make up ground now so that when week one starts, you're further along than you should be. When I was watching OTA yesterday, knowing that that's what it was the day before and what it's going to be today, that worries me because... I don't see how you're really making any progress if that's how light you're going to be in OTAs. And OTAs for the Jets are more important and more pivotal than some other teams because of all their new faces and new players that they need to make up some ground. So if you're taking it so easy and light to try to risk and avoid, so easy and light to avoid injuries, and then maybe taking an easier, lighter, like last year's training camp was far less intense than Todd Bowles's and far less intense than Adam Gase's. Like those two training camps and even Tom Coughlin's the year before, but that's a different breed entirely. But like those two training camps or two coaching tent, like two coaches who ran training camps, they were intense. Salas was, was laid back. I mean, it was, it was very, very laid back. If it's going to be even more laid back to try to avoid injuries I would just be worried about what condition the Jets are going to be in when the season starts because of the ground that they need to make up with all the new players. And look, maybe I'm wrong. Like, like that's that's happened before. It's it's ask Bree. She'll she'll tell you. It's it's I'm wrong very very often. Like you know what I mean. But this is one of those situations where I'm looking at it. It doesn't make sense to me considering all of the other OTAs and things that I've covered. It doesn't make sense to me considering the other way the teams are the other way the teams are run. However, it's one of those things where you just have to kind of hang your hat on. Maybe the Jets are right and everyone else is wrong. And if they are right and everyone else is wrong, awesome. It means they're they're kind of changing the way this is done. They're going to continue. They're going to be a healthier team because they took it easy now and maybe it's going to be right and rolling. Or it can be wrong. And we're going to see the Jets not be as prepared as they should be and, and not have the chemistry that they should. Or the injuries could still pop up because injuries are random and there's nothing you can do to prevent them in a contact sport. We'll see. But I will say that it was just... Watching the stretch, watching the one-on-ones, watching the seven-on-sevens, then having practice end the way that it did. It was like, I remember turning to the other reporters and saying that OTAs were always some of my favorite things to cover or favorite events to cover because you always came around, came away with like a notebook full of observations off of the rookies, off of the free agent signings, off of the second-year players, off of the third-year players, off of, I remember like, Safarian Jenkins looking thinner and really just dominating and, and Hackenberg looking this way and this player standing out this, like there was always like intense because again, it was like the first training camp esque practice because you had this and that and ramped up and guys doing this and guys doing that and shots taken and all that. stuff. I mean, it was, it was, it was fun because you were watching. Yeah. It was two hand touch, but you were watching something that resembled football again with players that so many people were interested in my notebook. I left at the facility, but I had like half of a page of notes looking for notes because there was just like nothing to write down. Like there was a couple things, which we'll talk about with sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. There was like, Oh, like these two guys matched up once and Oh, Zach Wilson made this one nice throw, but it was so brief and so unintense and so laid back that it, I'll admit like it did worry me some. Now, will those worries be eased when the regular season begins and the jets are uninjured and they still have all the chemistry. I didn't think they were going to have, and they start it better than what we expected. And maybe win two of their first three, or two of their first four, they're, they're, they have three or four wins come the bye week. Yeah, then I'll sit here and be like, you know what? Salah, LaFleur, Douglas, all those guys, A-plus effort, perfect, st- perfect technique, 
you, you're, you had this theory and it worked out in practice, right? But I'm just a little like, again, it's, it's one of those things where you, I'm a little critical of it now just because I've never seen it before. And because I've never seen it before, you got to hang your hat on. Well, you know what? Maybe the Jets are right. Everyone else is wrong. The problem is that when you make that statement, generally, it's not it doesn't it doesn't bode well for for the Jets, uh, at least in recent history. Well, it's not the first time recently that they've gone against the grain, right? Just at the combine, we were having a conversation about the fact that that Robert Sala didn't make the trip to Indy. Some of the coaches got there later in the week, and and how yeah, those are the ones other teams through. had commented about that, and now they're going against the grain here. Now the draft seemed yeah. to turn. I, mean, I heard out well. the comments. I told yeah. you guys, like I, I heard the comments yeah. from from several other teams, like executives on several other teams that I talked to, and and. Even just walking the lobby and just seeing agents or seeing another guy that I knew who used to cut for the Jets who would be there. Like, and just having a come up to me like, oh, what? Your boys don't think they should be here? Oh, what? The combine? Are they too good for the combine? And I remember talking to Robert about it. And it was one of those things where it was like, well, look, they can throw their shots. We don't care. I mean, it does. And it's true. Like, it, it takes it takes some it takes some you know what to, to be able to, to take those shots and deal with the public perception of you should be here. Why aren't you here? And say, I don't give two shits what you think. I care what the people in this building think. And the Jets didn't care. Like, Robert Sala didn't care. LaFleur didn't care. Joe Douglas didn't care. Like, none of those guys cared that the coaching staff wasn't there. But again, it's one of those things where you better be right. Like, you absolutely better be right. Because you're opening the door for people to say the reason that X happens is, or the reason that X happened is because of Y. You know what I mean? Like, you will be able to... If this is really how laid back it's going to be throughout this offseason, we'll see next week and the week after in minicamp and all that stuff. We'll see if the Jets are just taking a slow ramp up or if they're just really taking this vacation like a you know, resort like approach to the offseason. But if they don't ramp it up and then they start the season one and seven, one and eight, you're opening the door to say, well, the reason you started so slow is because of how easy you took the offseason program and training camp. You know what I mean? And it's the same reason. You can look at this draft class. It looks really good on paper. But if this draft class struggles or if you don't get the production out of the draft class, you're opening that door to say maybe you would have had a better outlook of the draft if you had gone to the combine with everyone else. You know what I mean? Like, And again, if it goes the Jets' way, you're going to see no one going to the combine anymore. No coaches are going to be there and all that stuff. Right. And, and you're going to see that. But my whole thing is like when – you want to you want to eliminate variables and you never want to give somebody a reason to take a shot. And if the Jets were a Super Bowl contender like the 49ers or a Super Bowl champion like the Rams, like no one's going to take a shot. Like you don't want to be there, fine. You just want a Super Bowl. But when it's the 49ers who are who are perennially good and the Rams who just won a Super Bowl and then the Jets, it's like, well, we get why those two guys aren't here, but the Jets don't think they should be here. Like that team that needs everything doesn't think they should like it's one of those it's one of those things. But again, I'll keep repeating it. If the Jets are right, they're going to look like geniuses. If the Jets are wrong, you're opening up the door for criticism that maybe didn't necessarily have to be a door that was, you know, creeped, crept open. All right, let's talk about some of the stuff that did happen on the field, including uh, a look at some of these rookies. And one thing we've learned is Brees Hall is active on Twitter. He already uh, retweeted you, Connor, yesterday. He's he's engaging with the, the beat writers. Um, but I think lost. what stood out, at least from, you know, talking to you a little bit about this, was the matchups, um, receivers versus cornerbacks, new faces going head to head. So talk about that a little bit. Sauce Gardner, what you saw from him, uh, Wilson running routes, like that sort of thing where these new guys that they were going to get to see battle each other in practice. It's, it should be should be more fun when they do more of it. But what did you see yesterday? I'm glad, glad you said battle each other and not sharpen each other's irons. <laughs> I will give, I give Quinn Williams a lot of credit. 
Craig yeah, Egg went Quinn and sharpening right, my axe. axe. Yeah, he he was sharpening his axe, which I, I'll take. That's different. I haven't heard sharpening my ass. And he all axe ass sharpening his ass, uh, sharpening my axe. Um, he I've heard I haven't heard that one before. And then he also said uh, everyone was sharpening their tools. So as long as we can avoid the irons sharpening irons, like because that is going to be the death. Well, Beckton like, and Lawson weren't there, so there was oh no. Oh my god, that was and again that wasn't ironing sharpening <laughs> iron. That was one guy getting beat over the head with an iron every single day. Like that just drove me. And if, if like. If, if you're just if people are just going to use their struggle, like justify their struggles and justify their them, them not playing well by, oh, it's just somebody else sharpening their eye. Like that is I just hate that cliche. Like I get it. It's a cliche. Football guy talk football, football, football. I get it. But like enough with it, like enough with the iron sharpening iron. And every time somebody says it now, everybody knows I hate it. So it's almost like when when there's a uh, somebody who has a cool name on Twitter, I get tagged and everything. Anyone says the word iron, I get tagged in that too. Or now in the media room, anytime anyone says iron sharp and iron, I get like Costello and DJ that are like, like immediately looking at me, <laughs> seeing if I'm going to crack or if I'm just going to get up and throw a chair at somebody. Um, but no, I saw, I saw the ax sharpening and, and all that. That was better. Um, so the, the on field takeaways that I, that I, I came away with. Cause again, like, yeah, Zach Wilson looked more decisive. I thought, but again, it was the big takeaway with him was was just his size was that he's a bigger dude you know and and that that was what i mainly took away because again everything was so short and and uh and and light that it was tough to really garden or anything else i mean there, again there was no there was no 11 on 11 so you know seven on seven drills if your first read isn't open you just run around for another three seconds and then somebody else gets open you know what i mean but I would say the two players that stood out to me were the two corners, uh, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Those those were the two guys that, to me, made me go, oh, you know, I I I paid attention to him. Sauce, the Jets, the Jets' starting secondary was uh, Pinnock and Pinnock and Whitehead because I think Joiner's still working back from injury. So you Pinnock and Whitehead, uh, then you had Bryce Hall and DJ Reed with Michael Carter as as the nickel corner. Uh, it's not going to be long before Bryce Hall is is benched for Sauce Gardner. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Gardner starts getting more first team reps next week. It wouldn't surprise me if he's the full time starter by by minicamp because you know the first I mean the first like two plays of practice Zach Wilson just went to Corey Davis and Corey Davis beat Bryce Hall. I mean Bryce Hall I and mean, Bryce Hall was already getting beat. So um, it doesn't it doesn't it will not it won't be long before Sauce Gardner's there. But when Sauce checked in, like one of the first reps that I noticed of him was against Garrett Wilson. So Garrett Wilson checked in for, for the second set of reps with the team. And then sauce Gardner came in and replaced Bryce hall. And the main notable thing is that sauce is a big dude like that. I did not know about him. I mean, I wrote down his height a hundred times, but I guess I, I never really knew what a six, three cornerback looked like. He is a towering, towering player. I mean, he actually goes out there on the defense and you kind of think, is that a receiver? Like, is that, is that supposed, like, what's he doing on that side of the ball? And then you realize, Oh no, that's, that's sauce. He's the corner. So despite the fact he's that big and lanky, sometimes those guys don't move that well because of how big they are. He does. He's got the quick hips. He's got the quick twitch. Like you can tell the guy, the guy is, is agile as well. And when he gets on a player, like he got on Garrett Wilson, a couple of times, he got on Corey Davis. Once I saw it's very tough to shake him. Like he is sticky glue like like he gets on a guy and it's it's tough for him to get out so it's going to be it is going to be very fun to watch him in one-on-one drills it's going to be fun to watch him in team drills he's gonna be one of those guys where like yeah the quarterback's happening here but you're actually just watching the one-on-one matchup between sauce and whoever he's on because it was it was fun watching him watching him go to battle uh the other guy that really stood out was dj reed so the play of practice happened in a seven on seven drill now in a game it never would have happened because 
I mean, look, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. Like it would Zach, Zach would have been sacked. Like, so his first read was left to Elijah Moore and DJ Reed just completely took Elijah Moore out of the play. Like it was like just great coverage from DJ Reed. So Zach then had to go to another read and then he rolled out. Right. So at that time we're at five seconds, like he's going to be down. But as he rolled out right, then he located Michael Carter running deep down the middle of the field through a perfect touch pass. And Carter made this really nice fingertip grab for a long gain. Might have been a touchdown. We were in one end zone. This was the other one, so it was tough to tell. But uh, probably would have been a touchdown. So that was a really nice touch pass. Really even better catch by um, by Michael Carter. So I came away impressed with that play. But more so, the DJ Reed shut out Elijah Moore in the other play, which is what forced Zach Wilson to go elsewhere. Uh, the other play was another DJ Reed one, which was when Zach Wilson tried to go to Elijah Moore on an out route. And it was like a five or six yard out. Elijah Moore ran it perfect. Zach Wilson threw the perfect ball, hit Elijah Moore right in the hands. But as the ball hit his hands, DJ Reed came from behind and punched the ball out. And the ball immediately went to the sideline and Reed started celebrating. You could tell that intensity and that passion that he plays the game with. So those that he he and Sauce were the two guys that really stood out. And those two plays from DJ Reed stood out to me. Sauce just sticking on receivers was one stood out to me. So those two guys are going to be fun to watch in training camp. And it is it is very, very clear how markably, remarkably improved the Jets cornerback situation is. I mean, there is no comparing Isaiah Dunn and DJ Reed. There's no comparing Bryce Hall, Isaiah, Isaiah Dunn, and Brandon Eccles to DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner to DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. I mean, there is no like there is a like that's where these two guys are and that's where these guys are. I mean, I think you have upper end number two in Sauce's case, a number one corner potential with those two guys. And with Eccles, Hall and Dunn, you probably had like low end number two, number three guys. I mean, there is a remarkable difference between the two in talent. And you saw it immediately on the first on the first media open OTA. Anything else of note from day one before we wrap things up? Um, I'm going to be very curious to see when the rookies start taking reps from the guys who are currently the starters, that that's going to mm -hmm. be something that I'm very interested to see, uh, because right now, and, and last year was different because, uh, Jamison Crowder was out. Denzel was dealing with the salmon. Like there was a lot of stuff. So Elijah Moore was working with the first team. Zach obviously was getting every single first team rep. This was where you saw a more traditional approach where like, uh, like I said, Sauce Gardner's with the twos, Garrett Wilson's with the twos, Bryce Hall's with the, or Brees Hall's with the threes. Like you had that kind of a situation. I'm curious to see where those guys move up. Um, it was impossible to gain anything off of the offensive line because while they were doing their seven on seven drills, I was watching the the seven on seven drills of the quarterback and receiver. So unfortunately I have no observation on, on Clemens or Johnson or anything like that. Um, I will say that, it's a little, it's going to be tough anyway to get a read on the offense because Mackay Becton still isn't here and George Fant's recovering from an injury. So those two guys didn't practice. The Jets are on like McDermott and Chuma Adaga as their two tackles, which if those guys have to start games next year, they are so screwed. So it's like, it's, it's kind of one of those, um, you can't really make assessments on the offensive line anyway. Um, the tight ends are going to be really fun to watch. Conklin had a touchdown, which was like one of those where he sat down in coverage. That's another position like cornerback. The tight end position and cornerback position are so remarkably improved from the year before that it's it's that that's notable to me. And that, that's going to be fun to watch moving forward. But honestly, man, aside from that and what we said and, and what we wrote, which you guys can read up on The Athletic, um, there's really not that many observations. There's there's not that many takeaways. I mean, it really, really was a super, super light day. And I'm hoping that it selfishly, I'm hoping that it's it's a more intense one next week and it's a more intense one the week after and that it's more intense for the week at minicamp. I really am hoping that. Um, 
for set, like I said, selfishly, because I want to write observations. I want to see these guys play football. And right now it is so laid back, but um, yeah, other than that, that's, that's kind of all I got. Real quick on Becton. I know he he's out because he became a dad, right? But if yeah. that wasn't the case, would he be okay at this point at OTAs? Like, where is he beyond he the be fact that he had personal stuff he was doing? Like, would he be at OTAs if the, if he didn't have the kid? Yeah. I'm probably, I'm not going to touch that one. That one I'm okay. going to stay away from. That, <laughs> okay. That's probably what I'm going to, that's no, no comment. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stay away from that one. I would have to do a little, I don't want to, I feel like yeah, I, we don't I, everyone hates, that's everyone great. thinks they hate Makai already. I don't want to, I don't want to even open up that. It, it's, it's not a report. Uh, hypotheticals are not a report worth dropping out there. I know if I answer that question, that's one that's immediately going to get aggregated and fans are going to go batshit crazy. And then just, it's, it's not worth getting into. It's really good. That'll grow I the will, podcast. Yeah. I will say though that. <laughs> One, yeah, yeah, we'll grow the podcast. Yeah, we, we just had Salah. We're working on getting Douglas. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna use that to grow the podcast, not me making hot takes like I'm Stephen A. Uh, <laughs> no, but I am gonna give a shout out. And this is not, this is not a paid sponsorship, but I met this dude on the golf course who does t shirts for, yeah, yeah, there we go. Did you time that up purposely? Did you know I was about to say that? No, Marissa? there's a, we need to explain this to the audio listeners, Connor. This is not just a YouTube show. There's a comment <laughs> in the chat that says, nice sweatshirt, Connor. So take it away, Connor. Oh, I didn't know you actually. Oh, it's really good. Someone, Nikhil just said, coincidentally, as you were about to talk about that, nice sweatshirt, Connor. So explain your sweatshirt. Yeah, so I will. So I met met this guy on the golf course who's a, a, coincidentally, in South Jersey. Like I was was in South Jersey on New Year's Eve. And it was that I I showed up late to the tea time because I'm late to everything. And uh, (laughs) as as I got, I'm in South Jersey. So like I, I get, this is not a humble brag where anyone thinks I'm freaking humble bragging, but like. You know, a lot of, if you're a jet fan, generally jet fans know who I am. So if, if I'm oh, in a place where there are that lots is of jet such fans, a flex, it's not a flex. It's jet. I don't, I don't not know nationally. I know my jet people because I've covered the jets. And if you're a jet fan, you're active on social media, you know who I am. Like it's, it's one of those things. So I get recognized if I'm around a lot of an area where there are a lot of jet people. Like if I go into New York, if I'm in North Jersey, things like that, just, and there's a jet fan there, usually he'll come and say hi and something like that. And it's awesome. Like it's, I'm so humbled by it. It's the coolest thing in the world. It's a pinch myself moment. It never gets normal. It never gets not cool. Like until the person asks for a picture and we take a picture and then he flips the camera and goes, you suck Hughes. Like that's, that's <laughs> the one that I'm definitely not looking forward to because I know that's coming. It's been, it's been so many good interactions that the bad interaction I know is right around the corner, but that I, I don't expect it, but it's more normal in North Jersey or jet fan areas, not in South Jersey where it's all Eagle country. So I show up late to this tea time. And uh, I, I say to like my father-in-law and my best friend who I'm playing with, and then the random person I'm paired with, I'm like, oh, sorry, I was, I was, I was like, actually, I was doing a podcast, then got caught up around the house, completely lost track of time and ended up going there. So we get through the first hole, get through the second hole. My buddy makes a comment about something else. I was, he goes like, oh, like, you know, the podcast doing well. I was like, yeah, it's well, blah, blah, blah. So on the third tee, the guy comes up to me, he goes, by any chance, he goes, is your name, is your name Connor? I was like, yeah. He goes, Hughes? I was like, yeah. He goes, you cover the jets. And I'm like, yeah, he goes, I heard podcast. I saw Connor on your, on your towel. Cause Brie got me a towel with my name on it. She goes, I was like, that's gotta be Connor Hughes, but what are you doing in South Jersey? He goes, dude, I was watching the podcast this morning. I watch it every day. He goes, I can't believe it's you. I was yeah. Like, he made it on time. time for the tea time. Yeah. He made it on time. Yeah. Well, he, this, he also lives in South Jersey. I was coming from Princeton to get down to Pensacola. So he goes, um, he goes, dude. so we started bullshitting, like, you know, kind of how's life, blah, blah, blah. What do you do? So he goes, oh, he goes, I actually work for this company called Breaking Tea. So what it does is like, if something um, happens on social media, that is like a sports related that happens on social media, there'll be a company that immediately comes out and puts like a t-shirt out with like the saying. So they got like 
Jets stuff. They got like all oh, national stuff. They got like Islanders stuff. They got uh, Cardinals stuff. They got all of it. It's, if it's a break, if it's a, a social media thing that hits and starts trending, they'll make a T-shirt out of it. So he goes, if you want, he goes, I'll send you Jets stuff. And I was like, dude, I was like, hate to break it to you, not a Jets fan. I was like, plus, I will never wear Jets affiliate. Like, I, it, you will never see me in anything Jets affiliated. I was like, I cover the team. I don't work for the team. I was like, but I was like, I'm a big golf guy. I love the Mets. I was like, if, if ever you want to send something like that, I was like, that'd be really cool. Like, I really appreciate it. So he sent me a bunch of golf stuff, which I've worn before, some cool stuff. And then the other day, I get this in the mail, which is like literally the coolest sweatshirt I've ever had. Cause I love the Mets. Like this is awesome. So it's, it's flush. It's like a subway thing. And it's the L sorry, the mirrored camera screwed me up L F G M for let's <laughs> effing go Mets. And then the flushing it's, it's the coolest thing. So I didn't know it was coming. It just showed up. I was like, I said to Bri, I was like, we got a package. I was like, I just got an email. UPS delivered a package. I was like, what the hell is this? Open it up. And it's got like, you know, breaking tea. Hope you like it, Connor. And I was like, Oh my, this is like the coolest thing. So I'm packing it already. We're going down to the shore. We're going down to Wildwood for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, if you guys are going to be down there, if any listeners are going to be down there, I'll be out at you know the inlet and Anglesey. So come say hi. You know, increase the South Jersey Jets following going. It'll be really cool. But I'll be rocking this thing because I absolutely love this. I mean, I, I basically had to wash it for the first time because I'm wearing it every day. Like I think the thing's the coolest thing in the world. Good. Yeah, Stand up again. The, the colors are off. Well, I guess that they're, they're Mets colors, right? It's just blue yeah, and orange. Yeah, right. yeah, but the yeah. G, oh, I mean, you damn New Yorker. G You're should like the, be great. Yes. Yes. I'm well aware. So I'm not a New Yorker. You ass. Yes. But this was another thing that somebody tweeted that to me. He could barely like, get the letters right. Tim. The L should be gray. The G should be gray. There's, you know, Let alone yes, the color. But I get it. I'm blue well aware orange. that it's wrong. They did a blue and orange for the Mets. I understand. No, I like, I, I mean, obviously Yankees. Somebody tweeted that to me though, Tim. Like somebody and the F is orange. So they got that. So that's cool. Yeah. I like that they did the color. Is that two of them are right? Yeah, it's orange. I mean, you got to make Yankees it known. Fan, so I, I don't like that aspect of it, but I like that they did the the orange and blue. That's yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, I love it. Like I said, it's one of the coolest sweatshirts I have. I love this because I'm not a big, like, I'm not a jersey guy. Like, I was when I was a kid, but, like, I don't like even, like, the Mets. Like, I won't buy, like, a Scherzer jersey or a DeGrom. Like, I don't like wearing somebody else's name on my back. I just want, like, the logo. Like, give me, like, the Mets logo. Like, a, a, like a, a, I wanted a shirt that just had the Mets logo on it or just said Mets. And I had to go to, like, uh, uh, one of those like Amazon stores that like shipped it from overseas just to get a Mets shirt that just said they didn't have like a name on the back or some weird logo or whatever. He's like, I just want Mets. So when this thing came, I was like, this is so cool because it's like, let's effing go Mets. I was like, the Queens thing. I was like, it looks awesome, fits great, it's comfortable. Like I loved it. So it's it's I recommend it. Yeah. So it's it's breaking tea. I, I got to give those guys a little plug and and thank them for sending it over. All right, that's gonna do it. I think we our our ratio of. Jets content to non-Jets content was probably not ideal for the listeners today. I just that's right. We still got 440 people watching, though. Yeah. I mean, we, well, got, we, we got people that are that stayed that. through. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have pissed off Yankee fans now, though. But hey, breaking team. Right. Yankee I represent the Yankee, Yankee fans. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have Yankee. Now, that's that's awesome to send you Yankee stuff. So we'll, yes, we'll, we got I'll, the Jeter documentary coming in a few months. And I think it'll be probably before training camp. So maybe it's a lull time where we can do like a. Uh, recap of every episode. I'm just going to skip like. that episode. Yeah. We'll Tim can it. miss that. Yeah. I'll just Why don't talk. we do it? We'll get, I'll get Tim. There's Boston stuff. I'll find a Boston one. I'll ask him to send you a Boston one and ask him to send you a, a, a Yankee one. And we'll just do a whole baseball day. There yeah, you go. Do a baseball pod day. Uh, all right. That's yeah, going to do it. Thanks. Jeter shirts. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks I'm for uh, listening to the podcast, watching on YouTube. Uh, join us again. We'll be back in. I think I, I don't think we'll have an episode next week unless something crazy happens. But the week after that, you can join the athletic $1 a month for six months. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. We'll talk to everybody again. Soon.